episode for November. Uh, this is Talk Bookie to Me, a discussion-based podcast all about books and book-related topics. Um, I'm one host, Aaron. And I'm Felicia. Uh, and this is our final episode for November, which means that we're going to be covering our uh, progress through our TBR for the month, um, as well as... Uh, kind of teasing a little bit for next month's goals, getting caught up on some news, doing a few uh, superlatives for the month, um, and just hopefully throwing a few recommendations out there for everyone. Um, So uh, let's go ahead and jump in with maybe a couple of news things, some books that we bought recently, um, just to kind of kick things off. So what did you end up with this last month? Um, so, we went to the Friends of the Library, which is something that our library does. Um, well, I think they're, like, parallel to our library. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a library exactly. Um, they take donations, and then they sell books, and sometimes they're library books, sometimes they're books that people give them, and they sell them and, and split profits with, I believe they actually do split profits with the library, mm-hmm. and then they take money for themselves to be able to do this program again. And I think they do a lot of community programs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a book sale recently. It's a three-day long book sale if you're not a member. Where uh, hardback books were like a dollar. Yeah. Paperbacks were like 50 cents. Yeah. And then what was it? Like tra- like mass market paperbacks were even less than that? Those were the those 50 were... cents. And oh, then the soft the cover and the hard cover were a dollar. That's Got what it. it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Newer books are a little bit more expensive, depending on the year, but even that, I think it went up to like $3 was the most expensive book that you yeah. could get. Basically a super good book sale. That's yeah, so I got like a bag full of books. I'm not going to go over all of them. There were a few that I got that I was super excited about, though. Um, so I got a book from Mary Kay Andrews called Save the Date. I got a book by Louise Erdrich, who wrote um, Tracks and the Sentence, which I read this month. And then I have a book called How to Do More of Just About Everything. And I picked this book up because it's it's one of those, like, random, like, this is how you do stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, there's some where they're called, like, Where's Mom Now That You Need Her? And it's, like, Things, Mo- things Mom Would Have Told You. Um, there's one called, like, Where's Dad Now That You Need Her? Mom got... My mom got me and my brother those before we went off to college for things that we might need throughout life. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of the one of that kind of book where it extends to almost like I, I flipped through it and it's like th- things you didn't know that you needed or things that you didn't need. Um, some of them are how to build stronger bones, how to read a novel, um, buy wireless headphones, set up a home entertainment center. So it's like pages upon pages. There are, I think, like a thousand things in here on Mm -hmm. how to do things. So I picked that up because I'm a sucker for this type of book. (laughs) So this is one that I'm just going to randomly go through every once in a while and see if there's anything in there that I might use. (laughs) Those are always funny to me because it's like kind of like a variety type book. And then it's like breaking something very 
maybe mundane and bizarre down into like step-by-step instructions. <laughs> right. Like it's just one of those things where it's like how to blow a bubble or something. Like I'm, I'm sure that's in there. Right. But I think of that <laughs> and I'm just like, there's step-by-step instructions of like how, where to put the chewing gum in your mouth. You know, like, I don't know. I just I always think of books like that where it's like, this is something that would not necessarily need a step-by-step guide, but for some reason we have one and right. it makes it even funnier. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was really excited about that. Um, and I mean, I, I think I ended up with 68 books total. I think that's what I came up with. Something like for that. For like $30. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Crazy good deal. Very heavy bag of books. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's always great because it's like supporting, you know, the Friends of the Library organization, but also supporting the book, uh, the library itself. Um, there's a lot of beneficial stuff there. Um. Is that those the only books you got this month? Or? Yeah, I think I only bought books from... Well, I, I put myself on a book buying ban. Right, yeah. Well, I got you a God Killer today. Yeah. Were you going to mention that one or no? I was going to mention it in the next episode, but I guess I can oh. mention it this episode. Well, I assumed that would make sense because I got it to you before the end of the month. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. But I didn't know how many I had for next month. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I don't think we're going to have a lot for the beginning of December because, well, we'll talk about it, but so, we have goals. Aaron for, went to Barnes & Noble yeah. without me today. Um, and we were talking about books and he was like, well, I can't really get you anything because <laughs> you have everything. <laughs> right. And then he picked up a book that he I thought I already had. I don't think that's how I said it. <laughs> no, you were like, I used all of my resources already. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, we, just a slight tease. We plan on doing like a 12 books of Christmas thing. And I put all of my mental brain power into buying you the 12 books of Christmas and kind of ran down my list of notes that I'd had in my phone throughout the year. <laughs> Uh, to go through those mostly um so i was just like oh i don't know what to get but anyway so he picked up god killer by hannah kaner mm-hmm. um so if you haven't seen the cover of this book it is a, a moon <laughs> a deer and then a very rooty tree wrapping around the deer mm-hmm. so it's it's a really cool cover i think that's kind of what drew us to it initially and also the fact that the word god killer is in the moon as a curve i really like when words curve around things right instead of just having like a word on a page straight across or diagonal yeah so i like when when words curve i, I don't know that's a weird thing that i <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific but it's that's a weird fine. thing um but i'm i'm really excited about this i did not have this already it's a lot thinner than i thought which is kind of cool because Oh, wow, it's only 290 pages. Um, well, 288, technically. And I think that that is going to be a good book for me and Aaron to read because mm-hmm. he really likes books that are on the, the lower, like, shorter side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to not feel like I need to spend um, my money on long books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also we've seen this book multiple times, whether it's on like book talk videos or like YouTube recommendation videos. Like it's it's came up several times and the concept of it sounded interesting. So it's something that's been on my radar for a little bit now. Um, and every time we see it, it keeps coming up. And in Barnes & Noble, um, the Barnes & Noble, the local one that I went to, uh, they have one of the faculty placards on it that like mm-hmm. gave information. It was like a faculty recommendation thing. So it kind of stood out to me a little bit, and I was like, oh, okay, well, if I'm going to get something, I can get this, and I checked your list, and it wasn't there, so we went ahead and got that one. Yeah, I'm excited about this. 
Also, there's a lot of words on a page, though. It's yeah. it's 288, but there are a lot of words on these pages. Yeah, it looks good, though. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Um, so I also bought some books. I typically don't buy a lot of books each month, especially here lately. But, um, again, that book sale through the Friends of the Library is pretty great. I'm going to give the rundown of the ones that I got. Um, definitely nowhere near as many as you got. But <laughs> but you're talking about more of them, so it right. sounds like you got more. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so I found the Da Vinci Code Illustrated Edition by Dan Brown. Um, I, I read the Angels and Demons Illustrated and was super crazy about it. So finding that was amazing. Uh, I got the Nebula Awards Showcase from 2015. We talked about the Nebula Awards, I think, an episode or two ago. Um, so that's like the sci-fi awards. Maybe, is fantasy included in that? I think so. I get those in the Hugos. No, mixed I think up the Nebula is only sci-fi. Okay, yeah. Well, I assume. Okay, here's my thought process. Mm-hmm. A Nebula is a space thing. That's what I was thinking. So I too, assume yeah. it's sci-fi, but I might be wrong. Right. I think right. Hugo is both. Regardless, it's it's one of those, if not both. <laughs> um, but it's a yeah, it's one of those things that I like awards and I like showcases that like collect awards like that. Um, the next one that I got was Saving Fish from Drowning by Amy Tan. Um, she's the woman who wrote uh, The Joy Luck Club, which I finished this month. We'll talk about in a minute. Um, and then The Beast of Nightfall Lodge by S.A. Cider or Cedar, S-I-D-O-R. Um, that's the one that has a very pulpy looking cover. <laughs> it, it almost looks like an 80s horror film mm-hmm. or 70s or 80s horror film. It looks pretty cool. Um, or and, like a B-reel movie. Yeah, yeah. And then I got uh, two books that are in the same series. It's the Tale of Shikinoko series uh, by Leon Hearn. Leon Hearn is uh, Jillian Rubenstein's uh, pen name. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, and the two that I got, I got the second and third one, which is Autumn Princess, Dragon Child, and Lord of the Darkwood. Uh, these are books that we'd seen, apparently, at the last library sale, but I forgot and I picked them up and looked at them this time, and you talked me into getting them. So I went ahead and mm-hmm. ended up with those. But I still need to find the first one now because that's two and three. Um, and then I got uh, the first three, uh, I guess, volumes is the way to put it, of The Green Mile by Stephen King. The Green Mile was originally a serialized story, so it was mm-hmm. written in small, like, thin segments. Um, and there's six of them, and they had a bundle of three for like fifty cents. I mean, or now you can. Like I'm sure now you can find. I think you can find it all bound in one. Oh um, yeah, the book is published in the one. The fact that these yeah. are like three smaller ones, I think, mm-hmm. is so much more manageable because and, it is a pretty long. Like I feel like it's longer than these three books. You know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. you have three out of six, but I feel like it just feels so much denser. And and in terms of like the collectability of it there's something yeah. fun about having like the original publication yeah. format they are cool i yeah. hope we can find the other they're not too hard of hour oh, you looked it okay. up glance. <laughs> most of them that you find though are in bundles of six yay so it might be one of those things where i spent 50 cents for the first three and we end up with two copies but right. it's just whatever at this point um, and then the last thing that I got uh, was a copy of The Body, which is a novella by Stephen King, which I got today on that Barnes & Noble run. Um, the cafe at Barnes & Noble typically does a, if you buy a beverage, you can get this uh, kind of premiere book. What, what term it's am like I It's like a monthly for? book. Yeah, it's like a, it's, a special book for for. Yeah, I don't know, there, I don't know what how they choose. The, there's a term that I'm trying to find, but I can't remember what it is. But it's like a book like that a, they showcase like a that. Monthly 
pick. Yeah, something like that. But <laughs> but they'll they, you can buy it for five dollars yeah. basically. Um, so I got a copy of the body. I think every um, time we go in there and it's a new one, we're like, all right, let's go ahead and get a drink. <laughs> if it's the least bit interesting, you might yeah. as well. And I was going to get a coffee anyway, so right. yeah, it worked out pretty well. But um, that's all that I ended up with this month. Um, I- do have some releases. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't have like any news or anything. So if um, you have any of that, so go I ahead. have two releases. So really quick, I did get my Illumicrate box, um, and what that is is a monthly subscription where they send you a special edition of a book with painted edges, a unique cover, and then you get gifts with that purchase. So my Illumicrate book was a Starling House by Alex Harrow, which I already have that book. But this one had, like, uh, painted edges on it. It also had a clear slipcover. It came with bookends. It came with a mug, um, an ornament. Um, I can't remember what else. Oh, and a bag. Mm-hmm. So that came this month. And then on top of that, um, I have two releases that I thought were really interesting. On December 4th, a book called Fighting Freud... A Memoir Exploring Anger, Integrational Trauma, and Narcissistic Abuse by Sophie Hicks. Mm. Um, That is going to be out on Kindle Unlimited and also in print. I was looking up um, if Indigenous authors were going to be releasing anything anytime soon because I wanted to close out our month. This is what came up. I didn't look at, like, her background any more than that. Mm -hmm. But it said for fans of, and I have the... For readers of I'm Glad My Mom Died and a Mind Spread Out on the Ground, this story of resilience and adversity as told by, oh yeah, as told by award-winning, how do you say that? Award-winning, where, where is it at? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, um, Matisse? Matisse? Yeah. I think it's like a, well, I'm not even going to pretend to know. But I. But that that makes me know that that is indigenous. Um Author Sophie Hicks challenges the stigma surrounding addiction and abuse, providing hope and inspiration for those on their own journey to reconcile with their past. So it's it touches on her painful past, touching upon concepts like integrational trauma, addiction, abuse, poverty, mental health, and the healing power of self-love and anger. It sounded really good. It sounded really sad. Um, I... I saying I enjoyed I'm glad my mom died sounds weird Mm -mm. um listening to I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy was very impactful Mm -hmm. and so I think that this would also fall in that same vein so that is one that I that really stood out to me um and then the other one I found was Her Dark Wings by Melinda Salisbury out December 12th and it's a Persephone hey uh it's a Persephone myth retelling for fans of Laura Olympus and Melissa Albert, two former best friends split apart by betrayal, find themselves reunited in the underworld. I mean, I love Persephone retellings. So that one really stood out to me too. So there's just the two little book news things that I have this month. And that's it. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't have any, but just because I had so many books that I got at the book sale that I thought I would right. go over. So <laughs> it's kind of new for me because, I, like I said, I haven't been buying a lot of books lately. But... um. We can move into kind of catching up on our our TBR stuff if you want to, our reading progress. Yeah. Sound good? All right. Um, So I have read 98 books. I am two away from 100. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm going to try to make, like, my 100th book something special, but I don't know yet. It probably will just... 
fly under the radar and I won't even remember until it's done. Um, so my goal, I had 16 books laid out before me from my TBR. Of those 16 books, I have read, and I can tell you, well, I was going to be able to tell you. Um, I have read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's not bad. I read nine books that I set out to read and then some others. I read 14 books. Um, I have Golden Sun, which we talked about, but it was the second book for The Red Rising. That was technically in my October TBR, but I absolutely needed to, I needed to read it. Um, the second book in the Percy Jackson series, Assistant to the Villain, The Sentence, Red Queen, Educated, Homewreckers. Those were all ones that we talked about at our mid-month. If you guys um, hadn't listened, I, I mean, I went into a little bit more detail about those. Uh, since then, I read The Library of the Dead by T. L. Huchu, which was a story about a girl who could talk to the dead. She mm -hmm. was a ghost walker. And then there's this library of the dead, but they don't really talk about the library a lot. So I, I, I have feelings. <laughs> um, I rated that 3.75, but I did put a four on Goodreads. I also read tracks. Oh, oh I was just going to say real quick. That's the one that you said that you had some issues of just like world building. Like yeah, there's some problems it, with that. So my problem with it is you don't know what happened to the world. It, it feels like a dystopian aftermath. You don't know what happened. You don't know why. You don't know anything about the world. And then they just start talking. Um, you, you get a little bit more of like what it is that she does as a magic user and a little bit of the magical world in general, but it, I don't know. I really struggled for probably like the first hundred and something pages. I think it was like 120 pages. And then I was finally like, oh, okay, I got it now. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a lot. Um, and I stuck with it because... It was one that I had been wanting to read for a really long time. And I've heard good things about it. It's come up on a lot of our recommendation pages. It's mm -hmm. come up on TikTok a lot. I'm not saying I hated it. And I'd probably continue the series. It's going to take me a minute to think about the series again, though. Because it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. It's called Library of the Dead. And then you're in the library for 20 out of... How many pages is this book? Out of 330, right. you're in the library for maybe 20 pages. You know about the library for about 20 pages. And I know it sets up a new world, and, and it, the first book is usually a world-building book, but it also felt like it could have wrapped up at that end, so I don't have any qualms about not continuing the story, but mm -hmm. I might continue the story. Oh, that's right. Because it did wrap up a smaller section. Yeah. No. Which I think makes a good series because mm -hmm. you want to have like an end of conflict. Right. So. Yeah, I just wanted to get that in there just because we talked a little bit about that. And it <laughs> seemed you. like a pretty big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot about all of that. <laughs> right. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I also read Tracks by Louise Erdrich. Um, I gave that one a four star. It is a story set in the early 1900s um, where... 
people are trying to take the land from the native uh, people that live there. And they're, they're trying to buy it. They're trying to auction it. They're trying to tax it um, and move people out. And it does feel like not only a struggle between, um, like not only just a, a race struggle, but a class struggle. Because if you can't afford your own land, then it's going to get taken from you. But there's also a religious struggle because Christianity is moving in. And there's still a lot of mysticism and a lot of paganism. And um, the the main character that they talk about, not necessarily the main character you hear from, the main character that they talk about is like this mystic force almost. The people are scared of her. She accomplishes things that other people don't seem to accomplish. They even um, talk about how the water god wants her as his bride. So... There's a lot of that going on. Um, it is a very good story. It, I do just have a hard time connecting with, like, period pieces. And so I, I think that is why I rated it a four star. And there were some parts where it kind of just went on a little bit uh, as, like, a, a babble almost. But it, it kind of did fall into that, like, oral story tradition type thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um I finally read A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. I say finally because I own it in three different... Um, <laughs> I own it in three different variations. I bought the audio version of it. I started it. I couldn't get into it. I bought the ebook version of it, of it. I started it. I couldn't get into it. And I was so frustrated, I bought the hardback copy of it and couldn't even pick it up. Like, I... I had to set it aside mm-hmm. and come back to it later. So I started where I left off because I left off at the same spot mm-hmm. almost every time that I started it. So I started where I left off because it was super fresh in my mind. And once I sat down to read it, I actually did blaze through it. Um, it took me two days to read where I actually worked too. Um, and it it moved really fast. It's a Beauty and the Beast retelling, very short um, or very small overlap in that regard but I think that's how it started out was a Beauty and the Beast retelling which is going to get me every time mm-hmm. <laughs> now my next book I got is um, a five star all the way it's fourth wing I read it in a day it is 498 pages it took me eight hours exactly to read we did a, a reading day on Saturday where we did nothing but read and I timed it and it was literally eight hours exactly it is so good. It is worth the hype. If you've heard about Fourth Wing, it is absolutely worth the hype. There are people who say that they saw everything coming. I'm not sure how they could have seen everything coming because I didn't. And I'm usually pretty good at picking up on that. I love this book so much. Like, I, I wanted to immediately read it again. I think I even said that. I was like, yeah. all right, time to reread it. <laughs> Which I don't I do not do that all the time. Um, I'm talking a lot now. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Yeah, no, I... I think I think it's important to point out that like Fourth Wing in particular was one that again in 2023 it's been going around a lot on like TikTok yeah. and things like that and people have like really blown it out. And I was worried about that a little bit. Yeah, well, to the extent where there's also pushback against it. There's yeah. a lot of people that are like it's really overhyped, like it's not as good as people say. And I do think that really people take it. it overboard. I do think that mm-hmm. people can get super annoyed with hearing about how good something is. And that is what makes them retaliate against it, whether right. they read it or not. Of course. And I did that with Akatar a little bit. 
Like, I had a lot of people who sat there and were like, no, like, you got to read this. This is the best book I've ever read. And then I've had a lot of people who said, you just got to get past the first book. If I can't get past the first, if I have to, like, force myself through the first book, Mm -hmm. what makes the rest of the series good? But I didn't have to force myself through the first book. But I don't like it when people are like, oh, you just have to get through the first book. Mm -hmm. No, like, the whole series should be good. Otherwise, there shouldn't be any books after book one. I agree. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that's where my biggest issue was with Agatar, and I'm glad that I finished it for myself, because I am glad that I didn't feel like I had to force myself through it, because it does seem like a story that I'd be interested in throughout, and I did want to read the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have a good feeling after I finished the first one, the rest of the series was dead to me. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna bother with the rest of them, because the first one should be just as good. Well, I'm glad that Fourth Wing didn't have that issue. No, yeah, I love Fourth Wing so much. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. Um, I also read Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. I gave that four and a half stars. Um, if I had my book in front of me, I would read some excerpts, but I gave it to my mom because it was so relatable (laughs) that I immediately needed to tell her all of the things that I felt like we could both relate to. Um, so Michelle Zahner writes this memoir about her mom and growing up with her mom and then her mom gets sick and who she is without her mom. Um, And her mom is Korean. And so she's half Korean and half white. And I related it, related to it more than I thought I would. Um, I am a quarter Vietnamese and I, my, I was around my grandma like my whole life. And, and there's so many moments where she's having these interactions with her mom and I had to stop and be like, Aaron, let me read this to you. (laughs) Like the first 20 pages, I think I read you. Like you'd already read the book. And I think the first 20 pages I'd read to you. And I was like, Nana does this. There's this moment where um, she talks about how other moms would um, coddle their kids if they got hurt. But her mom, she would yell at you. So if you came in and you you hurt yourself and you... um, you went to your mom, went, when she went to her mom, her mom would yell at her like she damaged her properly, property. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, my grandma's first instinct anytime we got hurt was to yell first. <laughs> it, and it wasn't like she was doing it maliciously. Right. It was just like, that was just her first instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> um, and then there's another part where she, she um, like, almost caresses and rubs her her daughter's nose Mm -hmm. to make it a a perfect nose. And I, I remember my grandma grabbing, not grabbing. That sounds really mean. Um, like taking my nose in her hands to try to like stretch it into a point Mm -hmm. instead of it being so flat. And, and Michelle's honor literally relays this exact same message. So the entire time I'm reading the book and relating, which makes it so much worse later Mm. because her mom has cancer. And it's a story of living without her mom. Right. So you know her mom dies. There's not a spoiler there. Like, you know her mom's not here anymore. Um, And I think that is what made it so much more difficult whenever you do relate so heavily. So, that one was hard. Yeah. It's a (laughs) tough book. It's a a very good book, though. Um, And I, I have to... Also, I think I point this out to the point where it's probably getting a little bit annoying uh, to an extent. <laughs> but she's uh, she's the lead singer of Japanese Breakfast, which is a great, right. <laughs> great right. uh, kind of indie pop ish, uh, folk ish musician. But yeah, no, I I've 
I think ever since me and you have been talking, I've been trying to get mm-hmm. you to read this book just because our early conversations. Well, I guess we should explain what H Mart is, actually. Right, right, right. <laughs> so H Mart, if you're not if you're not familiar, it is a Korean supermarket, um, and it doesn't just have Korean food in it, but um, it's, it's an Asian supermarket overall. But I think it started out as a Korean supermarket because mm-hmm. the H stands for some. See, my mom has my book. Um, <laughs> so it makes it a little difficult. Um, but, oh my gosh, there's a food court. There's, uh, rows and rows and rows of food and she's going through it and talking about the food with her mom and it's like bringing up these memories. But me and Aaron went to H Mart this year for the, f- this year? Last year. I think it was last year. Oh gosh, yeah. it was last year. And it was the first time I'd ever been. I'd never heard of it. Um, and we got like tons of dumplings, so we're, we're we're planning on making a trip back. But if you didn't know what H Mart was, I needed to go ahead and tell you. So, so yeah, I think that's important for people to know uh, kind of what H Mart is. That way, they can kind of like fully understand just what this book is and kind of the direction yeah. that it's coming from. But it is a very personal kind of personal life that is displayed through a lot of like universal themes of mm-hmm. like identity and culture. When well, food like is that. super important in Absolutely. Well, it's in it's important in most cultures. Right. Um, but it is very important. It's the only way that her and her mom relate, it felt like. Right. Um and side note, she is in what is it, Japanese what's hmm. it called? Japanese breakfast? We mentioned that just a few minutes right, ago. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, Japanese breakfast. So she's yeah. in that. No, I was gonna say she's in that with her husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yes. So her husband yes. is is uh, lead guitar, I believe, mm-hmm. and also plays the piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. we found I that just, out. Yeah. Right. Just wanted to randomly mention that. No, no. Um, next book I read was a closed and common orbit by Becky Chambers. I needed something little, a little light. It's the second book in the Wayward series. Wayfarer. Wayfarer series. See, I read a Wayward series also this mm-hmm. year. Uh, second book in the Wayfarer series. Um, Becky Chambers is my most read author this year. I've read four books by her Which now. Just super funny. Um, they're all Aaron's books. Mm-hmm. They're all his favorite books. This one was good. It was not as good as the first one. I didn't think. Um, but it was, it was very good. It is about a AI come to life mm-hmm. as a trying to pass as a regular person. Yep. Um, and what that means, what it means to be a regular person. Um, yep. humanity is defined very differently in this world. Um, and human is defined very differently in this world. So mm-hmm. she's trying to understand and pass as both. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good book. Yeah. I, I love that series. I mean, if you've listened to our episode zero or like probably... We've probably mentioned it at least once every episode. Yeah, yeah. It's very great. And I mean, you can jump in with any of those books as well. There's four of them in the series. Um, I, the, again, the first one, A uh, Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are loosely connected. Um, they're in the same universe. Yeah, so. I, as I was reading... Um, a close and common orbit. I didn't feel like I needed to know the information from the previous book because it, it actually tells you. Yeah. It tells you where she came from, what her origins were, um, and the person that she was closest to from the way the first wayfarers. So mm-hmm. it, it really was not necessary to know any of it. Yep. Um so I did give that a four star. There was a few there were a few pages where I was like, Okay, well, 
I need a little bit more. It was a lot of like day to day. Let's go to work. Let's go home. Um, which I guess that is kind of what it means to be a human, if, so what, if we're being honest. And that's also <laughs> Becky Chambers. Like, that's her thing. Like, right. she's very much like a, like, cozy sci-fi writer. So, like, she focuses a lot on the day-to-day stuff and, like, a lot of the mundane and stuff. But, yeah, I think but I liked it. Right. I liked it on the ship. Mm-hmm. I liked the day-to-day on the ship because that's not something I experienced. Right. The day-to-day on the planet. That's me. Like that's, that makes sense. That's that me in a nutshell. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so interesting, though, because it's like for this AI that is brand new. Yeah. Like it's yeah. yeah. It's like fish out of water story. Um, and then I also read um, the Adventure Zone, the Eleventh Hour, which is Volume Five of the Adventure Zone series. It's a graphic novel. Um, this is just a a, a graphic retelling of the D and D podcast that the brothers do together. Um, it's, it's funny. I, I, this one was a really, uh, I really liked this segment of the, the graphic series. Um, it's a little, that they're stuck in a time loop and mm-hmm. it's really interesting. It's a little sadder because there, there is like a, a murder, but right. these people are stuck in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one is, well, I guess there's a murder in every single one. The McElroy brothers really do a good job of murdering people on accident in their adventure time or adventure zone story. So, um, two things to note. I was reading Black Sun by, oh gosh, Ronan Rorse. Oh gosh, let me get that wrong. Oh, Rebecca Roan Horse. Wow, I got that super wrong. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's not a book for me because I do think that it is a book for me. I just don't think it was a book for me now. Mm. So I did DNF it currently. I got to, what, like 150, I think, 150 pages in. Sounds about right. I spent a long time on the 150 pages. I think I spent like five days trying to read that 150 pages. I had to put it down. Aaron was like, you got to stop. Um, <laughs> well, you seemed miserable. Like it, I don't well, maybe not miserable, but it I don't just, even know what I picked up in place of that. Yeah, it just seemed like you were struggling so much that I was like, you're going to either hit a reading slump or yeah. you're going to slow yourself down to the point to where you won't read anything else this month. You know? And then I'm in the middle of the measure. Um, well, I say the middle. I'm on like page 110. Mm-hmm. That is the one that I was the most excited about for this month. And I'm actually kind of struggling through it because I read a lot of really good fantasy and I read a lot of, um, I read good memoirs this month that I'm kind of stuck in that headspace right now. Mm-hmm. But I am going to finish this because I don't think it's one of those ones where like, it's not the right time. I think it's one of those ones where I can just do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's where I am. I might be able to finish it. Um, cause we're recording on the 29th. I have one more day, you know, I might be able to finish it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so um those yeah i i'm a little disappointed i i don't dnf easily mm-hmm. so I, I that was a hang-up that i thought about all month um and lucky for me i misplaced the book otherwise i probably would have come back to it i didn't find it until yesterday mm-hmm. it was in a bag that i never unpacked um if i hadn't misplaced that i probably would have opened it back up again to try again right but i need to learn to just walk away from stuff <laughs> yeah which is hard to do i mean especially if you've invested that much time into it already yeah so, yeah that's your reading for the month that's it okay yeah so that's me yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i finished uh four books this month um which put me at 35 out of 100 on goodreads 
Um, I'm definitely not meeting that 100 goal. It'll be a miracle if I hit the 50. I don't even think I'll do that. But um, it's perfectly fine. It's been a tough year overall. I'll very briefly touch on the ones that I did finish. Uh, so I did finish the Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. Um, I gave that one five stars. Really emotional book. I mean, it's kind of a classic at this point. Most people know what it's about. Um, I talked about it a little bit in the mid-month episode, so I won't get into too many details. But and now we can watch the movie. Right, yeah. But it did finish strong. Like, it finished very strong. The last uh, couple of chapters in particular, I think, really tied things together really well. Um, it is interesting how that book reads as like almost like a series of vignettes. Like it's a, it's almost just like a little. Each chapter feels like a singular short story or like a memory from these characters, um, and then they all just kind of like tie together into almost like a collage or like a photo album by the end. Um, so it's not a very linear story. It's a little bit difficult to follow at times. Um, but very, very emotional, and you do feel like you know those characters by the end of it. It was definitely a five-star read for me. Uh, it's probably teetering on like a four, maybe a 4.5 until those last couple chapters, and then it, it really brought it up for me. Um, so then uh, um, I also finished The Glass Castle, um, Jeanette Walls. So that's the memoir. Um, I gave that one five stars as well. Um, that was a very easy five-star book for me, basically from the beginning of it mm -hmm. um again almost considered a classic memoir at this point um it's a, a very very moving heartfelt story of uh the walls family and uh, in particular the walls children um, and how they basically have to learn to survive and exist within a family of very clear like pretty severe mental health issues and uh, a lot of trauma and child abuse and the way that they manage to overcome that and create their own lives mm -hmm. and, you know, just everything that they had to go through. So. Right. And now that you finish that, like, I, you can see kind of why Educated mm -hmm. and um, Glass Castle kind of get compared. They're incredibly um, which, similar. Which is kind of funny because I read Educated mm -hmm. and you read Glass Castle and those were both memoirs that we were like, oh, no, like, you have to read. They were on each other's ten. Yeah. Um, and it, <laughs> in both stories, you're shocked at how the children are alive. Yeah. Much more so in Glass Castle, oh, yeah. personally, because... It's almost the, like they set out to kill their kids. Yeah, yeah, because, like, the physical conditions that they put their children in are just unbelievable. I mean, there's multiple chapters of that where they're talking about literally digging through the garbage to yeah. get food to eat because their parents are just not bringing home food. Um, and it, and that just becomes such a regular thing that that's an offhand statement in multiple chapters after it's first introduced. And, you know, they start having to lie about how old they are to be able to work jobs in order to bring in money. And they have to hide money from their father because he has a, a addiction issues and he's stealing money from them and spending it. And, I mean, there's just multiple horrific incidents that it's like, it's one of those truth is stranger than fiction. If someone would have wrote this as a fiction novel, no one would have, they'd have been like, it's too unbelievable. It's, there's no way that any family would be like this. It, it's impossible. Because it, it would have been too many occurrences. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Like too much shock value. Like, it, you mm -hmm. know, the, the office, the, the writers were talking about how you need to make things worse. Yeah. Well things just kept getting worse. And that's not how fiction 
succeeds. Right. Um, so <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, there's no way it would have been believable as a fiction novel, but as nonfiction, it is horrific. Um, yeah. But very. You can watch that movie too. Yeah, that sounds like a very <laughs> very rough one. Um, <laughs> But I also finished um, a book of poetry. Uh, it was one that I was assigned uh, to do a short write-up for the university website that I work for. Um, and it's a Viejo Verde is the title of it by Gustavo Perez Fermat. Um, I gave this one four stars. It was really surprising how great this book mm-hmm. was. I, I went into it almost completely blind. Um, was really shocked by how how great it was, how good this poetry is, and also just how relatable it is in to some ways. a 65 ways. year old man. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're right, yeah. I remember the text saying, why is it that I'm relating to this 65 year old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the well, problem though, mm-hmm. is that in the poetry, mm-hmm. they refer to him as dirty old man. Yeah, that's, that's the, the part you don't relate to. Yeah, right. That's what <laughs> Viejo Verde means, yeah. essentially. It's like a colloquial phrase in Spanish for dirty old man. Um, and it's a, it's interesting because the poetry is centered around this dirty old man character that I'm assuming, uh, based on the context, is at least to some extent an insert for the author himself. Um, I don't think it's incredibly autobiographical but i think that a lot of it does draw from his personal life based on how close and intimate these poems feel um but each one focuses on this guy i mean it's divided into i think four or five sections uh each section is like more or less his exploits um some sections look at some family members around him some of it is his own observations and just him attempting to adapt to the world that he's in um it's an immigrant story in a lot of ways because it's him attempting to adapt to an English-speaking country. Um, it's also him coming to terms with aging and how he fits into a world, a career world, and just a socioeconomic world that doesn't really favor people after a certain age. So it's him trying to adapt to that. And they're funny poems. Some of them are, but they're also very heartfelt um, it does that great thing that I enjoy in literature a lot where it disarms you with humor and then it'll punch you really quickly with some kind of like serious moment that just kind of gets your emotions going. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it was a great one, uh, a good surprise this month for sure. Um, and then the last one that I finished, uh, is a George Shondas book, um, until all you see is sky. Um, I gave this one five stars. This is also a book that I had to read for the university website. Um, It's a book of essays, personal essays. Um, And this one is great. I mean, it was almost thoroughly five stars. The the last essay was was pretty long, and it was a, a little bit more disconnected, and it was harder for me to get into that one, but the rest of them were so strong that it took over. Um, again, kind of similar to Viejo Verde, it's an, an older guy attempting to come to terms with life and where he's at in life and his career and raising kids and what that means to be a human in this day and age. And um, a couple of essays touch on the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, which again, super relatable experience of the claustrophobia of that. Uh, along with attempting to kind of move up in your career and find the next steps 
again, very funny. I laughed out loud multiple times at this book of essays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, re- I've reviewed uh, short stories from this guy before, so I had some experience. But it, incredible book. Um, it's one of, the, one of the best ones that I read for the month, for sure. Um, and uh, I'm also about 150 pages into A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. It is pretty long um, and a little bit slow moving at mm-hmm. times. Uh, but I do enjoy it, and I, I will definitely be finishing it. That's the, my primary read right now. So, Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I've read it sure. two or three times. Yeah, that's on the 10 that you gave me as so, well. So whenever you're done, I'll probably reread it. Yeah, it'll be great. We can talk about it fresh. Right, right. <laughs> um, so at the end of the month, we do, well, we started doing the superlatives, um, just kind of recapping what we felt about the books our favorites, least favorites, stuff like that. Um, what was your favorite book this month? Uh, my favorite this month was definitely Glass Castle. I, um, as I've sat with that one more, I think it may just be in my top ten of all time at this point. Um, I feel like I started to relate to it more and more, and the more that I think about sort of the class divides um, and this sort of overcoming sort of familial trauma and things like that, I think it started to like hit deeper for me at this point in my life. Um, so yeah, that's easily my, I love that. Cause like yeah. that was in, I think I, I think that was one of the books where I said that was my top five mm-hmm. because it got me into nonfiction. Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it reads so well. Mm-hmm. The content is heavy. The wording is light. Yeah. It's very approachable. Yeah. It's, it's very matter of fact, very mm-hmm. direct and just kind of frank in its messaging. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So my favorite of the month was The Sentence by mm-hmm. Louise Erdrich, which was the book that you actually gave me for the month for Indigenous Peoples Month. I think about that book all the time. It is the reason I read tracks. It is the reason I bought um, that book from the bookstore mm-hmm. or the book from the book sale. Um, I'm looking for this author now. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. Um the sentence hit really hard because I mentioned already um, it, it talks about, uh, again, another identity book. It talks about uh, the BLM, uh, the COVID pandemic, um, George Floyd. It It's so relevant mm-hmm. and it it just felt like... I'm far enough away from those things where I actually want to read something because I didn't. And I, I didn't know that I would like this mm-hmm. because I don't want to read about COVID. I don't want right. to read about the dark year um, <laughs> because I lived the, the dark year. Right. So after reading it, I'm really glad that I read it. I'm really glad you bought it for me because I never would have picked it up for myself. Like this yeah. is just a book that I would have walked by and I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's, it, it is so good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> um, The most disappointing book. Do you have one of those? Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, if I have to choose one, which this is going to sound really contradictory, but if I tried to rank the books for the month and I had to pick the most disappointing, it would be Viejo Verde. 
Um, again, only because everything else that I read was so strong. I mean, you read four and five stars this month. Yeah, so. it's just it's ridiculous to even say most disappointing yeah. because that's that's like saying like most disappointing like flavor of ice cream or something. You know, right. it's still, it's still ice, ice cream. cream it's still really great. Yeah. <laughs> um, my most disappointing we talked about already. It was the Library of the Dead. I'm telling you, like when I tell you this is a book I've been wanting to read. Like I've had it on multiple TBRs. I was so excited, and it. It was good, it, but it was just good. Yeah. Um, I did end up getting like only four and five star books if you look at Goodreads, but this was like a three. This was a three until the last hundred and fifty pages, mm-hmm. and then it became a three point seven five. Um, so I mean, disappointing is hard because like I still enjoyed it. There's there's not a lot of books that I don't see the value in, mm-hmm. so I still see the value in it, and I still found the entertainment in it. It just it fell flat a little bit for me. That's fair. Um, what is the best cover? If we're taking into consideration like both of our sets of books, I'm gonna go crying in H Mart. Um, oh, it's a good cover. Yeah, but but if I had to choose just for mine, I would say until all you see is sky. But yeah. the crying in H Mart cover is amazing. It's like noodles mm-hmm. kind of spread out, making an H. Yeah, and it's uh, a right? it's yeah, I think so. I mean, essentially, yeah, yeah. making an yeah. H. It's it's very very good. But, stark stark red with noodles. Oh, yeah. It's a and black yeah. writing. Yeah, it's so good. The uh, until I see a sky, I really liked because it's so simple. Yeah, it's just blue um, with some like clouds. Light blue writing. Top. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I like how big the word sky. Like I like mm-hmm. uh, what textual. What I don't know that format. Where yeah, they just I don't have know the text term, on the front cover. Anyways, yeah. the text is large. It's yeah, like yeah, I like it. Um, my favorite cover is my edition of Red Queen. Mm-hmm. It's a red book with red pages, and the crown in Red Queen is dripping blood. Um, any cover, you're going to see the crown dripping blood, which I think that's cool. Oh, also, um, really quickly, that is going to be a series on Peacock. Mm. I just I found that out. Um, uh, biggest emotion. So yeah. mine was educated. My biggest emotion was anger. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I stopped a lot during that book to yell at this woman's parents mm-hmm. to Aaron. <laughs> um, I did feel a little bit bad at how much I ranted about this book. But overall, it was a very good book. And I think the way it was written was supposed to evoke invoke emotion. And so it did. And, yeah, biggest emotion definitely was anger. Yeah. Uh, mine's a tie between Joy Luck Club and Glass Castle. I mean, I cried at the last chapter or two of Joy Luck Club. Um, and Glass Castle, I was just shocked almost consistently mm-hmm. at just how these kids stayed alive. And, <laughs> right. And just sad to see that, like, the ways in which our system kind of fails people like that. So, yeah. Did you have a biggest surprise of the month? This is why it's so contradictory. Is uh, I said my most disappointing was Viejo Verde. <laughs> that was also my biggest surprise. Yeah. Uh, because I went into that one with the least level of expectation. Right. Um, and then I came out of it just really loving it. And I mean, I blazed through that book. And I still think about some of those poems. I, I'll probably go back and read through it um, at some point. I mean, I know I'll read some of it to do my write-up, but right. yeah, that was, that was my biggest surprise for I sure. I have two. Um, if you listen to our Y'all Fest episode, I said this a bunch of times. My biggest surprise was that 
uh, meeting famous authors was free. And also the fact that I DNF'd Black Sun. Mm-hmm. So um, Black Sun's a fantasy book. It, it is in my wheelhouse. So that I, the fact that I DNF'd it was kind of surprising. Um, that is, I mean, that's our recap for the month, really. Uh, we kind of, did you have anything else? No, I mean, okay. that was it. Yeah, I, I made it through those books. I'm still reading. And yeah, Discovery you read a lot Witches, this month. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I made decent progress given yeah. how busy it was, but I still have, you know, a decent amount of work ahead of me. Um, so at the end of every episode, we try to give some recommendations or recommendation. Kind of random stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so my recommendation is to look up book sales in your area. And the reason I say that is because that's how I found the Friends of the Library book sale. And that's how I found Yawfest. Um, I literally just Googled book sales or festivals near me and that's what came up and if you're local um the friends of the library local to cumberland county friends of the library does a sale four times a year so um that is all i have for this month i just had two very quick ones um the spotify wrapped is out now so if you use spotify check that out i always love data and my favorite thing just kind of end of the year rankings and stuff so that was a big one, um, and the other one that I had is the TV show on HBO called The Leftovers. I just found out today that um, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and I found out today that it's based on a book. Um, you read the book? Probably at some point. It's it's a you know it, it's it's going to be a little lower on my list, right. but because uh, apparently the first season of the show is a very close adaptation of the book, like oh. incredibly close adaptation. Um, but they did such a good job with the show that they actually, the writer said, yeah, you know, add some more chapters, like extend the story. So they did two more seasons, which only got better. Um, so, awesome. I only yeah. think I've seen one episode of it. It's incredible. Great show. It's uh, magical realism. Amazing gotcha. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all that we have for this one. Um, I appreciate you all sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe got some... Uh, you know, new stuff to add to your TBR, um, and we will definitely be back at the beginning of December to kick off uh, the holiday season, and we'll have a couple of bonus episodes that we'll tease during that as well. Yeah, so we can be found at uh, Instagram at TalkBookie. Uh, we can also be found on Goodreads. It's goodreads.com backslash Marie and goodreads.com backslash atcole1400. We can also be emailed. It's talkbookie at gmail.com. Yeah, I would love to hear from you guys. If you want to send us an email or contact us on Instagram. I mostly run the Instagram account. I'm trying to get Aaron to to chime in, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll post something. Maybe he'll... (laughs) I will probably post, like, what his link to his reviews on the two books that he has to review for the college. um, If we can figure out a way to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. But wherever you're listening to this podcast, please like us or subscribe or comment, rate us, whatever your format allows. Um, I mean, we would really appreciate it because obviously we're still new to the game and it's Mm -hmm. only been a few months. So we need to get out there and I mean, we really like doing it. So if you could do that, that'd be super. Absolutely. And we genuinely appreciate everyone listening. It's been a nice little passion project for us and knowing that we have listeners is pretty great but we will be back very soon Alrighty, that's it